Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today I'm joined by Champaign City Council member Matthew Gladney. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon. Educate us. What does it mean to be an at-large member of the city council? It means that you represent the city as a whole. We have the mayor, we have three citywide representatives, and our boundaries are the city limits. And then there are five district members, meaning that they represent, you know, different sections of the the community. So I'm an at-large member and I represent the entire city. I asked Kyle Patterson the same thing as he was also born and raised here. Have you ever lived anywhere else? I have. So my partner and I met in 2000 and he lived in Bloomington, Illinois. And I initially moved over there to be with him in 2001. So we lived together there from 2001 to 2004 and both decided that we preferred champagne. I moved back to Champaign here in 2004. He came with me and been, been back ever since. So I've been here all of my life except for three years. And continue to educate me. You spend your day as a benefits counselor. I don't exactly know what that means. I work in the payroll and benefits office at the university. I work with employees sometimes from, from start to finish in a way. So when they first start at the university, I do benefit overview sessions, kind of explaining you know, what their benefits are. I sometimes do one-on-one quote-unquote counseling sessions with them to talk about their benefits. I answer questions they might have just as a you know regular employee with, hey, I have a question about you know this benefit-related thing or this payroll-related issue. So I answer those questions. And then sometimes when employees leave, they, you know, they have questions on their way out or they want to do things with like their retirement plans. And so I talk to them about those as well. In my research of you, I noticed we were both born at Burnham Hospital. I have specific memories of putting on my little Girl Scout outfit and going in the ER at Burnham and selling cookies to the doctors there. You're a city council member now of the city where you were born and raised. Do you have any memories of that hospital? I do. Uh, not obviously from when I was born there, but in the early 80s when I was a kid, I had pneumonia. Uh, it must have been pretty bad because I was there at Burnham for like a week. I don't remember feeling particularly bad, but they kept me there for, you know, it was a, at least several days, if not a full week. Now, you know, medicine was different back then, too. I think that, you know, they let people stay at a hospital longer than they do now. <laughs> yeah, I was there and I remember there was this girl that my, was my age that we kind of befriended each other and she was in there. And I don't honestly remember what she was in there for, but we we kind of hung out together and yeah. Your time on the county board predated when I moved back here, so I didn't even know you were on the county board until I started doing my research on you. Is it so refreshing to be part of an entity now in the city council that is so much less partisan? It is, yes. On the county board, what were some of your takeaways from that experience? There were a lot of people on the county board who meant well, and I think were doing their honest best to represent their constituents. We can, I think, agree to disagree about whether maybe they were making the right decisions, you know, but what I tried to do was always find common ground with, with folks, either from, you know, the other side of the aisle or even part of my own party, because uh, we always didn't agree in my own party. But yeah, there were, there were a lot of good people there, but it also, you know, when it came time to have our meetings and it came time to discuss some of the, I would say, the big issues. The big issues at the county board level, I felt like got very contentious. A lot of it fell down on party lines. So you moved your attention to the city council and you had specific goals when you ran. Many of you have carried out. One of your goals was to improve our neighborhoods and maintain infrastructure. Just give me an example or two to fulfill that. We've been working on some zoning issues with the city. Some of it has passed. So we had like a lot of work that we and the neighborhoods have done like in the in-town area. And 
the neighborhood folks, you know, sort of formed a working group and worked with city staff for, well, it's actually been ongoing for three decades or more, but specifically the most recent changes were worked on for like a couple of years. And we, we passed those changes. There's been issues going on with the Clark Park neighborhood, which I don't know if you want to say that those have been resolved or not. Probably not. But we, I think, are taking a little bit of a break from that and probably will come back and address that later on. So infrastructure is an interesting term. I think it covers a lot of different things. It covers things like, you know, storm sewers and, and flooding, which we've been working on. Uh, before I got on council, the John Street watershed was a, a big deal. And I actually live at the very edge of that. And it was, it was worked on a year after I moved into my house. And I can tell you it made a big difference. And then there's also the West Washington Street watershed project. There's the Garden Hills project that we want to do, and we want to do it as soon as possible, although it's still kind of out there uh, timeline-wise. But that helps with, you know, the way where Champaign was built at is just we flood quite a bit. We, we're prone to flooding. And Campus Town has had a lot of that alleviated in the past with, with work done there. So there's that. There's things like sidewalks, which I would like us to divert more money and attention to those just for access and mobility issues, for one thing. You know, I mean, I'm reasonably in shape. I mean, I'm not decrepit or anything. And, and, and I take a lot of walks and I've tripped and fallen. And at my age, I trip and fall and I may scrape myself and there might be a little bit of blood, but I, you know, I patch it up and I get better. Someone who is older may not have that luxury. So that's something that, that does concern me. I reached out to Greg Stock and there are no sidewalks between Judah and Franklin. The mm -hmm. kids have to walk in Sherwood Terrace in the street in order to get home or to school. Oh, yeah. And getting approved funding for either building sidewalks or fixing sidewalks, it's at least a six-year waiting list for money. So I have recently looked into this issue. Oh, yeah. And that's why I say, you know, maybe find more money for it. Make it a little bit more of a... A priority. Speaking of priorities, let's talk about gun control. Uh, one of the things that you wanted to do was build a stronger public safety network. What has happened in order to do that in the face of all the gun violence? So we have the CU Fresh Start going on and the community coalition. So they meet once a month and it's, you know, um, local officials, you know, city staff members and, and the public. And it's a huge outpouring of the public uh, the, in the community that comes out in support of that. And it's basically kind of trying to tackle the issue of gun violence that we have from all these different angles. So being reactive, being proactive, police, community. We're really working on that. They have, we have these things called call-ins. I went to my first one last month. It's an interesting concept, uh, but the, there, there's folks that have been identified in the community who are at risk being victims of gun violence or potentially might commit gun violence themselves. Um, they're called in, and a lot of community members, ranging from state's attorney to the mayor, to local religious leaders, to parents of people who have passed away from gun violence, they all try to talk to them and say, please, you know, we are going to give you some opportunities here. If you take them, then hopefully, you know, we can start turning things around. That's another, that's another avenue that I think is good and, and on the proactive side. Another thing synonymous with Matt Gladney is a love of culture and the arts. Sell me on moving to Champaign as a cultural community. Well, we have a lot going on here. Um, we have, I think the university, first of all, provides us with a lot. You know, we have like, the Cranard Art Museum. We have concerts and operas at Cranard Center for the Performing Arts. We have shows at the, I still want to call it the Assembly Hall, but the State Farm Center. We have, you know, and I know I'm a Champaign Council member, but I'll say you know, downtown Urbana, I think, uh, is, is pretty happening as far as like their music scene. 
in, in Champaign County in general, we have the 40 North Arts Council, which either puts on a lot of like art, arts entertainment or is part of promoting arts entertainment. So we have um, the ACE Awards every year, which celebrates the folks in the community who are making the art or promoting the arts. So yeah, I think you, you, know, you, you can go a lot of places and find places that are exhibiting art and showing art. You can, you can you know, go listen to music if you want, you can take in an opera or a symphony, go to Japan House and the Arboretum, and it's, it's, there's a lot to, lot to do. Of all the things that you've accomplished on the city council, you just recently won re-election, so you feel your work's not done. What's in process, or what would you like to see happen in your next term? I would like to see the gun violence start coming down. I would like to see that happen. I would like to see our infrastructure improvements kind of take a bigger priority. Um, I would like to see us find a way to get Garden Hills a timeline that brings it a little more forward than where it's at now, because uh, I think that's important. I would also like to make sure that we have a balanced budget because with the economy in general and with some changes at the state level, there has been some sort of uh, tightening of the belt as far as our budget's concerned. We have actually recently raised the food and beverage tax. So that is something that we have done so we can afford to do more things like afford um, more police and, and fire is one of our priorities, but also have extra money there to do things. And making sure that we have a balanced budget and, and are continue to maintain a AAA bond rating, which we just you know had uh, renewed recently, that helps us afford to do things that we, you know, people want us to do and people expect us to do. I love when my guests read my mind and we're on the same wavelength. The next question I had literally was, many people complain about higher taxes. You have said, I want fully functioning first responders. How do you reconcile that? So I totally understand when people balk at taxes or tax increases. Look, I mean, I'm someone that had my power turned off back in the day because I couldn't afford it with, with all the other bills that I had. So I understand about not being able to, you know, make ends meet or, or that kind of thing. That, that being said, things like first responders, to me, is one of the first and foremost duties of municipal government. So, you know, we need to fund things like police officers and fire department so people feel protected and safe. And if their house catches on fire, then their fire department's there to go get them. Or if they don't have a, you know, someone breaks into their home or into their car or they're the victim of a, a crime, then they can call on the police and the police will be there to, to you know, take the report and to investigate. So at the, at, to me, that's just bare minimum. And so I feel okay doing things like, you know, like raising the food and beverage tax to support our first responders when I think it's our duty and our responsibility to afford that to the people that we serve. You use social media to reach out to people. Sometimes you let us know you're having a rough time. You immediately have dozens of people remind you what an amazing friend and person you are. Talk about how social media, which gets a lot of negative attention, has helped you when you've struggled. That's interesting. It has helped me when I struggle. It also hasn't has not helped me uh, at certain times. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's good. And sometimes I, I, I get people telling me that, you know, they don't feel like they would put themselves out there like that. Or if they're having a bad day, they wouldn't say that. It's good to hear from folks when that happens, and it, and it does help. I have, I've always just sort of through my life and the way I've been shaped and molded by things and probably just, you know, the chemicals and with how I was born, you know. I've just always struggled with, you know, self-confidence and that kind of thing. So it's, and particularly with things like being on city council. So on one hand, it's interesting. On one hand, 
I wouldn't run for office and I wouldn't serve if there wasn't some sort of level of confidence in me, within me, right? But on the other hand, I feel with, I'm filled with a lot of self-doubt. And I, I internally go back and forth with some of the big decisions that we make. And even after we were done making them, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I voted the right way or I don't know if, you know, I hope this would be good, but I don't know if it will be. And that all sort of kind of works in an insidious way to undermine my composure, my confidence. So sometimes I, I just, it, it comes out in weird ways on, online. And, and, and yes, you're right. A lot of people have been very nice to me after. We are so grateful. I'm so grateful for your honesty and your accessibility and your validation. Let's talk about Ashley. You and your husband, Ashley, have been frequent supporters of the art theater. What does the closing of this theater mean to you? Very sad. That being said, I do feel a little bad. In the last year or so, I probably haven't been there as much as I wanted to be. But we have a lot of memories built up there. We started going back, going to it when I think Greg Boardman opened it. I think it was the early 2000s, 2002, 2003. A lot of the movies from the, I don't know what decade you want to call it, the aughts, you know, there's a lot of movies that uh, my favorite ones from that decade, I saw at the art. And even into the, you know, this, this decade, I had a birthday party for Ashley there a few years ago where we shut down the theater and, you know, had guests come. But we also closed it down again and rented it out for uh, our, one of our anniversaries recently, which we watched. I remember that we watched Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Uh, so we've done that and, you know, and it's just been fun. And we, we, we've gone, we went to one of their live um, Rocky Horror Picture Shows things there. And they used to have these all night horror marathons uh, in October, which I'm getting older, so I couldn't hang for the whole night. But, you know, saw a couple of movies. Uh, and anyway, so it's been a really integral part of our lives and also, you know, just downtown in general. And whenever I've go to other communities, which I think is important. Not only I just think it's good to just get away sometimes, but also I'm sort of mentally taking notes. I'm like, so what, you know, I go to the downtown-ish areas, uh, the communities I visit, and I'm like, so what do these places have? And I'm I'm honestly, I'm comparing it to ours. And sometimes I feel like those places come up lacking. In my mind, it's all subjective, right? But, and then sometimes I'm like, hmm, well, wow, our downtown could really use this, this, and this. But the big thing that, that is, uh, I look at is, is there a movie theater there? Mm-hmm. And if the downtown-ish area does not have a movie theater, then it's, it's not legit, in my opinion. And I've always, that's something I've always kind of been smug about with our downtown, and now, now we don't have that. So, and that may be me. I don't know. Maybe other visitors, you know, will not think that way. But uh, I just... I just have to wonder what like people who are staying at the Hyatt in our downtown and then walk out the front doors and look left and see a darkened, you know, cinema. The art's been dead before and it's come back, but it, it takes someone with the love to do it and the, the money to do it and the drive to do it. Right. And so I don't know. We'll we'll see. Let's talk about your podcast, Mashley at the Movies. Whose idea was it to do a podcast? And do you two have similar taste in movies? It was my idea. We see a lot of movies. We see a lot of movies and we have opinions about them. And we grew, both grew up, I mean, we didn't grow up together, but we grew up watching, you know, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel at the movies and that kind of thing. And uh, so film criticism has been something that, you know, we've been very familiar with. And we do have somewhat similar tastes. I would say 70 to 80%. There are differences in certain places. Just some movies 
that uh, I like, maybe he doesn't get, and vice versa. But yeah, um, and then finally, I think it was toward the end of 2017, I got him to agree to do the podcast, and I think for my birthday, because I have a birthday at the end of December, and he got me uh, the, the microphone. We, we just have one. We're not, we're not uh, big time like you are here, but we got the microphone, and January 1st, 2018, we did our first one. All right, I have one more question for you before I let you go. On Facebook, you recently answered 40-odd things about me. We have a few in common. I hate mustard as well. Black is also my favorite color. But one drew my attention that was your phobia, flying. Me too. Haven't been on a plane in eight years. I have to ask, what is your biggest fear? Uh, death. Have you addressed that? Or is it just a lifelong thing where you fear what happens after you die? I don't know. I mean, lifelong, I mean, it's something I've certainly thought about over t- you know, every now and then. But, uh, and it's not something I think about on a you know, constant daily basis. Mm-hmm. But... I like being alive and I like thinking about things and I like doing things and I like being conscious. I don't tend to be, I'm certainly not religious. And depending on the the day you catch me, I might be a little spiritual, but then again, maybe not. So I think one of the other questions in there that asked about like, do you believe in ghosts or something like that? And I said, no, I mean, if you just asked me cold, hard, like, do I believe in ghosts? The answer is no. But I also don't mess with Ouija boards, and if someone tells me a house is haunted, I won't go in there. So I'm kind of weird like that. Sure. And my, that's kind of the way they am with, with death, is like if you ask me, like, what happens when you die? I'm like, well, I think that's it. We just we short-circuit and we're done. There was an old TV show I used to watch called St. Elsewhere. And at some character's eulogy, they talked about how this character, he didn't exist before you know, he was born, and he doesn't exist now. And that's kind of how I, I, I look at life. For us, anyway. When we are alive, you know, life is all that we know. But there's been a long time, a long time before we ever existed. Us as individuals, right? In humanity, actually. I think the default, the, the, the probably easiest and perhaps correct answer would be that that's what we revert to when we, we each individually die, right? Our consciousness ends and, and that's it. And our body just decomposes and we're done. Now... There's been a variety of religions over the years, and you know they might be speaking truths or they might be trying to assuage fears, right? But I don't, I don't know which one is which. So anyway, it's a long way of saying that, uh, yeah, I, I fear death. I, I, like, I like being alive, and yeah. I feel so shallow because I would have answered that just viscerally spiders or sharks, <laughs> but your answer was much deeper. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Champagne City Council Member at Large, Matt Gladney, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks.